Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3, Atlantis Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of The Finishing Move here on Extra 106.3. We appreciate you tuning in. There is a lot to talk about, and hopefully my computer will start working at some point here tonight but we got a lot to get to and there's a couple things i want to get to right away as the show opens uh one of them is a natural for us something we do most weeks uh and it's going to sound a little different this week uh but let's start with the roll call i obviously am here i'm the one talking i'm the one you're hearing i am road dogs uh adam gillespie you can catch me on twitter at road dog 680 uh let's start Chris Colwell, are you here with us tonight? I'm very present right now in a very different position. And what is your Twitter handle? Wow, I'm Twitter sorry. What handle this week? Uh, it is still the same as at Bearded Colwell. We're going on like 400 days now. All right, almost as long as Honky Tonk Man's title, IC title. I'm going to beat it. You're going to beat it. All right, we'll see if we can get that done. I've, and Honky Tonk is on my mind because did you hear the something to wrestle with Honky Tonk bio yet? No, I haven't got a chance to listen to that one yet. It's a good one. I'm working my way through it right now. See, we can talk about the podcasts that we enjoy. So is that one now? That's one. But That's we can one. talk about podcasts <laughs> that we enjoy listening to, uh, stuff that we like, because this third member of our team, that the one that says he never misses a day. Let's see. John Radcliffe, are you here tonight? Yeah, crickets. Exactly. He's not here tonight. The guy who says, I never miss a day. I'm the backbone of this show. I'm the rock that holds this ship together. As they say on some other shows. Well, he is not the rock because he is not here tonight. And he has missed other nights. Uh, but we hope he is doing well. It was a last minute pullout for him. Hopefully everything is going well. Wait, what? Up. It was a last minute pullout. Oh, okay. Right? Wasn't it? I guess. Yeah, I guess well, so. I mean, he texted us like a couple minutes before the show went on the air and said, I can't, can't make it tonight. I just want to clarify what you're accusing him of. Well, nothing. I'm accusing him of a few uh, minutes before the show goes on the air, saying I'm not going to be there tonight. Colwell, I need you to run the board. No, that that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I can't right. confirm that. I am hitting buttons 
which means this show could get off the rails pretty quickly. At any point. All right, well, that's one of the things. Another thing that we need to uh, address, and it sucks um, when we have to address it, and it seems like we've done this pretty often, unfortunately, uh, throughout the course of the finishing move. I think we're going on four years now. This is entering our fourth year. Uh, the passing away of Road Warrior Animal uh, passed away, when was that, Monday or Tuesday? I think we got confirmation yesterday is when the okay. reports came yeah. out. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then the the um, that's right because he was on his podcast Monday to, or Tuesday talking about uh, retribution, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, Sixty years old. That's so young. It, it is. It really is. Well, now, when I was a kid and I heard someone was sixty, I thought, oh man, they're old. But now that I've progressed and gotten closer to that uh, that number of sixty myself, it really is uh, a young number. Uh, the la- last report I saw, maybe you might have some more updated information, was they were saying it was natural causes uh, that he passed away from. I don't know if more potentially will come out from uh, after an autopsy. Uh, but that's what we've uh, – the information we've got right now, it's, it's super sad. Uh, I mean, all deaths are sad uh, in their own way. But he was on an anniversary trip with his wife at a resort uh, in the, the Ozarks there in Missouri. Uh, and his wife uh, found him, and they called the authorities and the paramedics. But by the time they got there, he was pronounced dead uh, and passed on. Uh, so, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Laurinaitis family, uh, their loved ones, as they go through this unexpected uh, and rough time in their lives. So I don't want to harp on the sadness of the situation. I kind of want to celebrate uh, more so uh, the life of Road Animal, uh, Road Warrior Animal, who, who's gone on to join Hawk, who had passed away a few years ago now. Um, but, dude, I'm going to tell you, growing up, uh, the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, whatever you were introduced to them as, they were the tag team to be a fan of when you were a kid. Uh, I know I tweeted out when I w- whenever you would get together with your friends and you would play wrestle, uh, you know, that's and you were a tag team, that's the tag team you wanted to be was the Road Warriors because they were just cool. I mean, from everything about them was awesome from the entrance uh, their music, which you hear a lot of times on this show, uh, when John uh, plays music for uh, Over the Top Rope, um, you hear their theme music a lot of times. I mean, and coming out with the shoulder pads and the spikes, I mean, it was just a cool look. And then when they got in the ring, uh, they were just tough MFers. And you believed it. <laughs> and, and, and they didn't. And now they got a little bit of heat because they would say they didn't sell a lot of stuff from their opponents, which may be true, and it probably is true. Uh, but dude, they looked tough. They looked uh, like they looked. You did not want to run into them in a dark alley and be on the wrong side of them. Well, no, and it's part of the mystique. I mean, yeah, maybe they no sold a little bit, but you know they were believable because they didn't take anything from anybody. If you were going to beat them down, you were going to have to come up with some seriously hard offense. But you know the reason why their offense looks so good is. I mean, I don't know if it's Ultimate Warrior-like when when you talk about stiff guys in the ring or whatnot, but I know that a lot of their moves probably did not tickle when you're in there, and it's not ballet when you're wrestling the Road Warriors. That's why it looks so brutal and and so tough with those guys. But yeah, the look was awesome. Uh, You know, you had just the crowd would just go nuts when they would come out the the Road Warrior pop, as it's now famously known as. And you know, my experience with them. 
by the time that I started watching wrestling, which this was late 90s, Monday Night Wars, uh, by then the team had kind of broken up and they were kind of on their last leg individually as, as superstars. I think this is when Hawk was having his his troubles. But I do remember Road Warrior Animal having or Animal having a um, a run there in WCW at the very end. It was He was actually in that match that's famously known for when Sid Vicious come off the top rope with the dumbest move anybody's ever tried in their career when he broke his leg on that big boot. And, uh, I mean, for some reason, Animal was working as a solo guy then. You didn't try to bring them back together. But I didn't really get to see a lot of them live. I remember them making a guest spot. Uh, I think it was on Monday Night Raw sometime in, like, 03 as kind of like a, a you know, one of those nostalgic kind of moments. They, I think they wrestled maybe RVD and Kane, who were the tag champs at the time, and it was kind of one of those dream match scenarios. And it wasn't long after that that we lost Hawk. Um, so... That was unfortunate then, obviously, and and now you know as we mentioned at such a young age, at sixty now for Animal, and you know you, you would hope that he he would have had a few more years, uh, a lot more, a lot more time uh, to you know do the fan conventions, to be with his family and things like that, and uh, unfortunately that wasn't really in the cards for for Animal here, and uh, we obviously send our condolences here from the uh, finishing move, but uh, man, it's it's gonna we're gonna miss him, um, you know he was fun to watch. Uh, Brought a lot of a lot of toughness and energy to the ring. Yeah, I mean, they are arguably, a lot of people already just go ahead and put the Road Warriors at the top of their list when they're talking about um, best tag teams of all times. And that's hard to argue. I mean, I'm sure there are people that will argue it. I'm sure you will because you love to argue everything. But Well, you uh, usually create an, an opportunity for me to argue, so. <laughs> uh, but there's, a, a, you know, I, I would sign off on that. Uh, um as far as one of the best tag teams, if you want to put it at the top, I definitely would be okay with that. Uh, they were a great tag team. Their their finishing move, the Doomsday's Device, is what they called it. You know, you got the guy on your shoulders, and the other guy comes off the top rope with the clothesline. I love that move, and that's what I'm talking about. When you were play wrestle with your friends, when we, we would do this in the pool constantly. You know, somebody would swim up underneath somebody, get them on their shoulders. The other guy would come off from the edge of the pool, and and you know, you clothesline them into the pool. It was just a lot of fun. Just don't uh, belly flop on your way down if you're the one <laughs> taking the move because that that doesn't work. Yeah, uh, and and these guys, uh, they were they were greatness, and uh, so rest in peace to both. Uh, I guess. Animal and Hawk, obviously. Animal's the one we're kind of talking about right now. Um, if you haven't seen it already, I know you, uh, this is something at least when it was happening, you said you had not had a chance to watch it. But there was an episode of, and now I can't remember the show, um, that was on, man, what was the name of that show that you never watched that we the talked Dark about? Dark Side of the Ring, Dark which side I, of I the actually ring. have yes. seen some of it now. I still haven't made my way through the entire catalog. I yeah. did get a chance to watch the, the Macho Man and Elizabeth one, and I want to say maybe that's one more. But. That was from last, that was from the first season, and it's right. and that's a good one too. Um, but yeah, they did an episode this past season on the Road Warriors, kind of more so on Hawk and the issues that he faced leading up to his death. But obviously Animal is a huge part of that. Uh, so I, if you haven't seen that, I recommend it. It aired originally on now I can Vice, uh, Vice Channel. Uh, so I don't know if you have if you have access to that channel or not through whoever, whoever you get cable from. Uh, but I recommend going out and watching that, or just pulling up the WWE Network. I'm sure if they haven't already, they're probably going to load a lot of Road Warrior matches as they do that uh, from time to time after the passing. They did a really legend. good documentary back. I want to say it was like. 
2005. It was a DVD release on the Road Warriors that was really good. That obviously touched on some of the darker stuff with with Hawk too, but not to the same level. It was a little bit more of a career perspective, uh, retrospective of the Road Warriors at that point. And that's right before Animal came back and did the team with Heidenreich for that little brief time where they were kind of like the new LOD and. Nobody really liked that, but still, it was a chance to see Road Warrior Animal back in the ring. But uh, yeah, that's a good place. I'm not sure if that if it's not on the network already. I'm sure it's on its way to being back on the network here soon, uh, or getting on there for the first time. But yeah, I mean, even if you can't find you know that documentary, just search you know Road Warriors on oh, yeah. WWE Network and look. You know, I would I would say you know the WWE stuff is good, but go look for NWA and AWA stuff when they were really in their heyday in the in the mid to late '80s when they were just wrecking havoc. Before, you know, the, the issues kind of got to them, they were just it, and so intimidating, so great to watch. Legendary matches. Look for the stuff with the horsemen, teaming up and facing Sting and Luger. And, and, and there's just so much Dusty. stuff. Yeah, teaming with Dusty, absolutely. So there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure you can get that on YouTube or the WWE Network, no doubt. Uh, it's re- I, de- I highly recommend it. Uh, now, the WWE uh, calls them a two-time tag team uh, champions of the WWE tag team titles. Now, they've won numerous titles in WCW and Georgia Championship Wrestling and NWA. Uh, so AWA, too. I think they were the only team to ever win AWA, NWA, and WWF. Well, well there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the all-time best, uh, and our thoughts and prayers go out to, their, uh, the, to the Lord Nidus family. And, yes... Uh, he is the brother of John Laurinaitis, the uh, former Raw GM, talent relations. People power. Yeah, people power. So, uh, And then his son, uh, I don't know. Uh, do you know his son's name real quick off the top of your head? He is. He played for Ohio State and then went on uh, to play uh, in the NFL for a few years um, as well. So uh, James Laurinaitis is his son. Uh, and one of the things uh, – that you can always gauge is not just how many or who speaks out on Twitter, these wrestling legends when they pass, but a lot of people from uh, Hulk Hogan to Ric Flair to current day uh, guys, the legends and the current superstars all talk um, nicely and glowingly about uh, Animal. And I got to meet Animal when he was, uh, when the Super Bowl was here last year, he was doing Radio Row uh, promoting his podcast and uh, with his uh, co-host, and I got to uh, just go up and, and say hi and meet him. And he was a very uh, cordial and approachable person uh, at that time. So I have no doubt what they say about him uh, is true, uh, that he is a nice and down-to-earth person and will be missed uh, dearly by the wrestling community. Well, that was the sad news. Let's move off from that and talk some uh, exciting news. Uh, I really enjoyed AEW last night. And one of the things about Dynamite that I thought was really good and someone that I've really come to enjoy on AEW since him joining the ranks is Eddie Kingston. I think he is great. I don't know how or why he was on the independent circuit for so long, unclaimed, I guess you could call it, by what by WWE or Impact or uh, some of these other organizations. Now, he may have been on Impact for all I know because for, I've never for watched it. For a split second, yeah. he was there, I want to say it was like, 15 into 16, but it was so quick, and he was gone. He was part of a faction that lasted for a cup of coffee. So realistically, he's never been to the big show, and that's insane when you think about that. Yeah, and how good he has been. I mean, he is a good on the mic. 
Uh, he's good in the ring. Now, I didn't really dig his wrestling gear last night, but I don't, shouldn't hold that against anybody. I thought it looked a little odd. Uh, I don't know. He's got like he's wearing like the Zumbas, but it's black, so they don't really look as baggy. And then it was black and yellow, which is not a good combo on any thing, anything black and yellow. Don't go with that. Uh, red and black is more of a better combination when you're looking for colors. But uh, you know, he, I'm just I, he's 38 years old, so he's been on the independent circuit for a while. Now I don't know if that was his. A lot of that may may have been by choice, for all we know. Uh, some guys just don't want to join up with WWE or the bigger organizations. I don't know if he's had stints in Japan uh, with some of those organizations over there. But, dude, I think the WWE missed out on Eddie Kingston. Well, especially when, you know, if nothing else, I, I kind of get the – he does definitely doesn't have the WWE look. I mean, he's got, he's well, got he's that beer brawler gut going yeah. for him. But – and, and he's obviously been known more his independent time. He, he's more of a brawler. He's more of a hardcore style wrestler, um, which is why he fits so well with John Moxley because Moxley can bring that from his days in CZW and his stuff before he was ever in WWE was a lot of that garbage style hardcore wrestling. So they mix well. But I, you know, I don't know if that's all Kingston uh, brought to the table uh, was that kind of style wrestling. Maybe that's why he never got the look. But you just listen to his promos. The man can cut a promo. If anybody has watched uh, the, the, the relaunch of NWA with Power um, that started back late last year, went into this year, obviously is on hold with COVID. But, you know, Eddie Kingston was a big part of that. And he cut a promo. I want to say it was on the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, that was, man, passionate, just brought the fire, told the story perfectly. That's the greatest example I've seen of how good he can be on the mic. And he's been great so far, I believe, in, in AEW, just cutting cutting the promos and putting him in a, in a manage almost like a manager situation, even though he is wrestling singles himself, but with the Lucha Bros and with uh, Butcher and Blade, who neither one are really known for cutting promos, obviously, kind of needed that extra spark. I think he's brought it to them. Yeah, I was going to say that exact same thing. I think he's uh, he's given a mouthpiece to the Lucha Bros, who who maybe English isn't their strongest language, definitely isn't their strongest, uh, but they're not that great at it. And Butcher and Blade, uh, you know, their promos, their promos. Um, but Eddie is is helping give them that boost. Uh, and plus, I like factions. I just like factions. So when you have, especially heel factions, that's where factions belong is with heels. Uh, and when you can put these guys together, now it is kind of odd that this faction is two tag teams for the most part, because uh, you got to imagine at some point there's going to be, well, I want the shot at the tag team titles. No, we want the shot. So maybe, and maybe that's just part of the obvious storyline that we'll get somewhere down the road. Uh, when this faction eventually probably breaks up, but I've enjoyed Eddie. I, um, you know, it's just a shame. I mean, AEW's gain is WWE's loss uh, here, uh, and they're taking advantage of it. And I, the more, give me more Eddie. And I've liked his. Well, I didn't get eliminated, and now last night he's saying I didn't tap, uh, and all that's true. And it's keeping him in the in the picture there with John. And all of that, I guess we have to thank, uh, if you want to thank COVID for something, uh, Lance Archer, who was supposed to go against uh, uh, Moxley, not last night, one-on-one, but in the near future. Uh, There's supposed to be a six-man tag six last, tag night. last night. with Will Hall, Yeah, with Will and, and them. Uh, but he's getting his title shot down the road still. Um, you know, that's Eddie Kingston was right there to jump in, and I think we got a heck of a match out of the two of them. I enjoyed them. It definitely was a little more hardcore. They obviously let the rules bend a little bit. 
I have not seen the ratings for last night. Have you had a chance to? Have you seen that come across your screen? I did get a, yeah, I got to look at them earlier. Um, AEW was down slightly still in the 800,000 mark, and uh, NXT was up a little bit, but still in that 600,000 area. So, okay, so still AEW a win for still AEW. Won, yeah. Oh, yeah, handedly. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, and with that that good of a match, I, it's hard to see. see. Uh, now, I thought NXT had some good stuff last night, too. Uh, I always watch AEW first. I've never shot away from that, and then I go back and watch NXT usually today, Thursday. Uh, whenever I get a moment, but and then we got the return of Cody last night on Dynamite. Did you did you dig the new look Cody? I mean the new look Cody. That's the old look Cody that's before he old, ever bleached well, yeah, his hair. <laughs> it's new look for AEW. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't had that look since he was in WWE, and I guess maybe a little bit on the independents after he left. But uh, yeah, and I mean it's fine. It kind of gives him a darker look. I mean, honestly, that could be foreshadowing of once he gets past this. Feud with the Dark Order and Brody Lee. Maybe we get a heel uh, Cody Rhodes down the down the road, which <laughs> we right. know he can. We know he can do it. Yeah, we know he can do that. But it's okay. So was AEW's plan was all right. We're going to bring everybody in, and we're uh, um, next month, right? We're at a year anniversary of Dynamite. Correct. October is when that launched. Yeah, last October second. I think their plan was, all right, we're going to bring in the elite, and they're all going to be baby faces. but in one year we're going to turn them all heel because Cody Rhodes it looks like he's going heel. The Young Bucks look like they're going heel, and Kenny Omega looks like he's kind of heelish, uh, not helping out his buddy uh, Adam Hangman Page. At least Hangman will still be the baby face, right? Yeah, apparently he'll be the one left. In the, between those two, I think they had plans to have Hangman be the heel originally and Omega the baby face, but... The hold my beer thing got over so well, and Hangman's so over, you almost can't turn him ill. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it seems like for whatever reason, uh, just one year later, we're going to turn all these guys heel, uh, and that's fine. I, you know, I've always heard that wrestlers enjoy being heel more than they like being baby faces because, uh, as far as your character, you can get away with a lot more and be a little bit more creative. Now, the money is probably better on the baby face side because you probably sell more merchandise uh, to kids. Uh, which you don't probably do as a heel that often, uh, but uh, you know I liked it. I I was I thought he was going to be out a little longer than he was. I did not expect him to come back last night, and then the rumors started uh, swirling yesterday, uh, and he came out. And as soon as that music hit, you knew who it was going to be. Uh, but another person I've really enjoyed, and that was last night as well, is Brody Lee. Uh, you know, I I was kind of down on Brody Lee at first. I didn't think he because I was down on the Dark Order. Uh, I did not enjoy the Dark Order when it started and, and its run up until about now. But I think Brody Lee has really taken the Dark Order and boosted up a notch to make it uh, interesting. And then himself, on top of that, uh, has made the Dark Order and those storylines very uh, watchable. Well, absolutely. I mean, before. Before Brody Lee showed up, the Dark Order was just in peril and in flux, and it just—I mean, it was laughable. I mean, you look at these guys just coming out in black mask. I mean, what is this gimmick, right? And nobody—I don't know that anybody really understood it. You know, you had the whole uh, the the public speaker guy that was kind of with them that was trying to influence people, and other than that, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. That they didn't look like a main event act. Enter Brody Lee, who we all saw in WWE as a guy that was kind of the unsung guy in the Wyatt family. We saw him put on great matches uh, as a solo guy and in tag team with Rowan. We knew he could go uh, and had some of the best, you know, people always talk about some of the facials that he, the faces he would make and promos and, and you know, he never really get a chance to truly get a, give a really good promo, but 
you could tell that there was a character there, right? And so he finally gets the chance in AEW to not only you know be his own character, be his own man, but now he's leading a faction. He's getting to cut these promos, and these promos are good. That promo he cut in the back after Cody came back was incredible. It was very heated. Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny because I'm sitting there last night in the in my apartment watching it, and I've got <laughs> I'm holding my newborn son. As he's basically cussing Cody from one side of the arena to the Your other. Your son is? He's my, already talking? No, my That's son. That's amazing. No, no. <laughs> no, but if he watches any more Brody Lee promos, he might be. His first words may be echoing that or Jericho won. Both of them were kind of letting him fly last night. So I looked at my wife and I said, maybe he doesn't need to be in here with me when I'm watching AEW. Maybe he can just watch Raw or SmackDown when they, they're not quite as bad. But, I mean, that was such a passionate promo there with Brody Lee. And, um, you know, just he really sells it and... The fact that you know he never got a chance to do that in WWE just blows your mind because he was just that you know he's a side you know side dude as a part of the Wyatts that was pretty much all he was allowed to be. Man, he's really getting a chance to to shine in AEW. He did have a couple singles runs in AEW. He was IC champion uh, for a minute, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, for a brief then, second. But it never he was never able to sustain it because there were some injuries that would come up on him. Um, but he was over with the fans, I thought, during that uh, singles run. Every time he would get to be that singles guy, somehow they would always end up pulling him back to the Wyatt family. The storyline, you'd split him up for a minute because, hey, let's do something interesting. Let's split him for a minute. Oh, but now we need to surround Wyatt with some people. Let's bring him back in. it. So he never got a chance to really break out on his own. Yeah, he didn't. But, uh, and again, you know, um, on the Arn Show, uh, that podcast with Conrad Thompson, uh, Arn speaks very highly of um, Brody Lee uh, uh, and says that he was a missed opportunity that the WWE misplayed. And I think there's a very long list now of people that the WWE has misplayed uh, and lost uh, the opportunity to really have someone shine and make an impact for them. Uh, that's a that's probably a whole nother show all within itself if we want to go down Future that Future podcast list. here yeah, on no the joke. Dark Matches. No joke uh, at all. Um, it seems like, uh, again, <laughs> WWE's loss is the AEW's gain. Uh, so we'll see where that continues to go. It did seem like we jumped very quickly, very uh, fast from, uh, I'm going to attack you to, oh, I happen to have this dog collar match uh, chain and collar right here beside me. So now we're going to have a dog collar match. It seems like there could have been a better way to introduce that uh, instead of him just all of a sudden showing up in the promo with uh with on uh Anna J which by the way I'm gonna tell you what Anna J you want to get creepy with Road Dog whoo oh boy she's a uh she's a, a pretty young lady uh and she's here in the Atlanta area I think because I know she trained over at uh QT Marshalls and and Cody's uh wrestling school so right. maybe maybe if we get lucky we could bump into her I mean I think for the for the safety of my marriage, we're going to let you bump into her, and I'll just stay away, but I'm just saying. Well, uh, be safe here. But it looks like they have big plans for she her She's very well. beautiful, though. Yeah, she is a very beautiful young lady, and she has uh, good talent in the ring as well. I think she tapped out uh, Brandy Rhodes the night before on the, what, what were they calling that? The dark... Um, that was Late Night Dynamite. Late Night Dynamite on Tuesday. Did you see the rating that came in for that, by the way? I had not seen that rating. What so was it? it didn't air, to, apparently, to like... 12.30 at night after yeah, whatever NBA game. Yeah, it still managed to get 500,000 fans. Would you consider that's after midnight? It's actually pretty good. <laughs> that's good. That and when you good. look, that card wasn't exactly stacked either. Yeah. So not bad at all. I mean, yeah, they had the lead-in from NBA playoffs, but still. 
AEW is firing on all cylinders when it comes to ratings right now. I mean, wherever they put their product, people go to watch it. Whether it's late night, uh, that one that uh, didn't start till twelve thirty, or when they have to move because of the MLB, uh, NBA playoffs. Whether uh, what was it a Saturday show? That or Saturday, Friday? their Saturday ratings were really good, considering yeah. it was a Saturday for a Saturday. Yeah, definitely. They maintained their ratings. They lost. They dropped a little bit, which you're going to have just naturally when you move nights. But when you look at what NXT did when they moved to Tuesdays, uh, their ratings were not as strong. Uh, as AEWs, I don't think they didn't lose that much uh, either. Um, but and of course, that was something John and I talked about uh, when the weeks that happened. I believe that was the um, week Dawson was born, or at least one may of have the, been, one or of maybe the, weeks. the week before when but I was out. If getting you can ready. have Monday Night Raw on Monday, Tuesday uh, NXT, Wednesday uh, Dynamite, Thursday the finishing move, Friday SmackDown, that just is the a great week of uh, wrestling content for everybody. And the best of them all, the finishing move. That's right. Uh, when we return, we're going to do my favorite segment of the of the night, uh, Over the Top Rope. You're listening to The Finishing Move here on Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to The Finishing Move. This is Road Dog Adam Westby with my tag team partner tonight. Only one of uh, them Hello, everybody. here tonight, Chris Colwell. Catch us on Twitter at RoadDog680, and Colwell is at Bearded... Beard Dude? Bearded Dude. Bearded Dude. No, it's Bearded Colwell, and also the show's at Wrestle Extra. Wrestle Had to think about that for a Extra, minute. and then, of course, our missing in action partner tonight, John Ratcliffe. Catch him on Twitter at John Ratcliffe. We're still in the air, by the way. He's he's not here, but we're still managing well, to get amazing. through the show. That's amazing. Just like uh, Chad in Hawaii has reached out to us. On Twitter and is interacting with us live on the show. We appreciate that chat and we appreciate you listening as always. Uh, but it's time for my favorite sh- segment of the show. It's time for Over the Top Rope. And there it is, the Road Warriors theme music. It's a natural and uh, fitting for tonight as we c- celebrated the life of Road Warrior Animal a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, uh, Chris, I don't know the answer to this. I knew the answer if John had been here, but he canceled last minute. Uh, are, are you a drinker? I used to be, but I'm no longer. Used to be, but no longer. Okay. Well, have you seen that the WWE is coming out with their own wine? I did see that. Yes. Uh, if you are so inclined, uh, and I was up until a, a point, and I'll tell you what, what that point was in just a moment. Um, but they are coming out. They're starting their series of wines collections, and they're going to feature some uh, legends and Hall of Famers uh, branded around the wine. So the first two have been released, and they are using the Undertaker and the Ultimate Warrior to brand these wines. So if you're a red wine drinker, you can get the ultimate. I mean, the uh, Undertaker's wine. Now I'm never good at saying these words, but a Cabernet Sauvignon. I think you did that right. right I know I you got the Cabernet I, right. I got the Cabernet. The second word, I'm not too sure I got right, but it, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. I do. And uh, if you're a white wine drinker, the Ultimate Warriors is made for you. It is a Zinfandel. I know I got that one right. Uh, so I was like, well, you know, that's kind of cool. I have a bottle of wine um, that was partnered up with UGA, and it just sits in my uh, office room. 
And then UGA was told, you can't really do that because you're a college and you can't be tied into alcoholic beverages. So it's kind of a collector's item for me. And I was like, well, I wouldn't mind getting these two things and maybe just as collector's items. And if you go to if you Google WWE wine, you'll see the bottles. And it kind of got some cool logos on there. The Warriors face paint and the Undertaker kind of coming out of a creepy dungeon castle grave site, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll order a bottle of each of those and just have them. Well, it's $50 a bottle. Oh. Now, I know that wine can range from uh, two buck chuck, which you get at Trader Joe's, all the way up to more than $50 a bottle. Uh, but it all tastes the same to me, like squished grapes. I'm not the guy who can taste like a, feet. Yeah, like a <laughs> bottle of wine and tell you, uh, yes, there's a hint of pear with a little bit of apple crisp and some grape. Uh, you know, that's not what I could do. And I've been to um, wine country. I uh, can't even remember what that's called at the moment. Out there in San Francisco. Uh, and I've done the wine tours. And, and I tried to, to be sophisticated. Napa Valley? Napa Valley. And I tried to act sophisticated. But it didn't work out uh, that well for me uh, being out there. And, you know, I would maybe somebody will have these. Maybe I'll be walking and somebody will have thrown these empty bottles well, I really Ouch. hope that the only reason anybody would buy these is for collector's items. Because can you imagine, like, you're sitting around watching WrestleMania. Hey, I'm going to get out a bottle. I'm going to get me a glass of Cabernet, however you say it. So, <laughs> And I'm going to sit here and drink my wine while I watch a wrestling show. They don't really go hand in hand, well, does the it? the people you imagine drinking wine doesn't really fit the wrestling fan uh, mold Maybe that Damian I have Sandow would have done that. You know, he used <laughs> to hold the microphone like a wine glass, so... Maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, so fifty bucks a pop was way too much for me just to have these as a collector's item. But when you go to the website, I guess to order them, they do ask you uh, what next uh, wrestling legend would you like to see have their wine come out, and you can submit a name or two uh, of who you would like to see the next uh, ones come out. And I put my favorites, uh, Hogan and Austin. Uh, or my two favorites. Um, so I put them in. Who would you like to see be in the next release for the wine? I'm trying to think somebody Southern, because I was going to say it's a Muscadine wine that you could do something with that. So like maybe a like, Flair Muscadine? Yeah, the Flair, Hugh Southern, or um, uh, I don't know why I can't think of anything. Like Doc Hendricks? Oh, uh, uh, Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes. Hayes. And then what was the group? The Freebirds. Freebirds, Freebirds. Yeah, there you go. Freebird wine. Freebird Muscadine. I like it. <laughs> That'd be good for the uh, for the Southern guy out there. Um, I don't imagine I'll be ordering this, and obviously you won't because you don't drink. So maybe John will order it, and he can let us have the bottles empty. That'd bottles. be very nice of him to spend a hundred dollars on two bottles. On two bottles of wine. Uh, a lot of injuries have happened over the course of the week. If you were watching Dynamite last night, you saw uh, Rusev slash Miro kind of land awkwardly flipping out of the ring and hurt his ankle and you could tell that that was legit as he was limping around a little bit uh in his in-ring debut at least on dynamite so uh he was hurt he tweaked his ankle i believe is what it's being reported as the wwe also announced injuries to tegan knox austin theory and cameron grimes uh, and then, of course, we mentioned earlier that Lance Archer is going to be out for at least 14 days as he has tested positive for COVID. Uh, and he released on his Twitter account the, how he got that. And I believe he said he got it through for a family friend or his family. Uh, 
I couldn't make complete sense of it. He was talking about going to the vet, and I didn't know if he meant like a dog to the vet or going to like the the vet up in Philly or going to uh, the uh, veterans hospital. I couldn't uh, quite break it down. Do you, you know, know? I think honestly, a veterans the, hospital the, would make more sense. But it, but he then he talked about a dog. In the tweet. Well, then it probably so wasn't I, that. I assume it Maybe a vet that. that actually happens to be at the Veterans Hospital. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Because the vets That's that might be around there want to want Well, hey, there are dogs too. that serve in the military, exactly. so they've got to have places to go as well. Um, you were right about the uh, ratings. I uh, went back and I was able to find it finally when I uh, put the effort into Thank you for, for vindicating me. <laughs> Uh, AEW has won again. Is is this a Wednesday Night War anymore? I mean, now, I say that, and we're in a very long run of AEW winning these Wednesday Night Wars, but there was a point in time where a little like WCW would never lose another Monday Night Raw or a, non, a Monday Night War, and obviously it did, and they went out of business uh, long term. Uh, do you think AEW uh, could hold on to this for enough to kick NXT out? I mean, I think long-term NXT will move to another night. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But AEW's not going to go out of business because NXT catches them. Bottom line, AEW has the better show overall. There's more main event level talent. On which I, one? I, I always, huh? AEW, right? Yeah. yeah, AEW. Yeah, yeah has the better main light. You have a Chris Jericho. You don't have a Chris Jericho in NXT. You don't have that level of talent. But they've tried. What about Finn Balor? Now, he's not a Chris Jericho, but no. they have Brian when no. Charlotte came back. No. Who's your big name? Chris Jericho is a bona fide Hall of Fame. Yes, actual, he is. a main event level guy from an era where the ratings were through the roof. That's why he gets more credit than anybody else that could come up. Unless you put John Cena or Roman Reigns or maybe maybe a Daniel. I might give you credit for Daniel Bryan coming to NXT. You're, you're not going to convince me that there's a guy on the NXT brand. And I love NXT and I love what they're doing. I do admit, I call, obviously we argue about it all the time. They are the third brand. They're not developmental anymore, but they're not on AEW's level and therefore AEW should not be losing to NXT. It's a war only because they're on the same night, but you know, we went to that stretch a few months ago where it was really close in the ratings and they kind of flip flop there for a little bit. But again, that was kind of post Post COVID, uh, you know the the shutdowns and everything, and, and companies trying to figure out what they were doing. Ever since AEW kind of got on a roll here, going into All Out, honestly, I mean, I don't think unless something crazy happens again, I don't think they're slowing down again. NXT is going to be have to be the one that steps up. Yeah, NXT for sure. Uh, but I think, and we've talked about this before. Uh, I think you were out again this week. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was busy having a child. Well, you weren't. Your wife was. I don't know what you were doing. I was there. cheering her on. I was her ringside manager that was trying to make sure she was good. Um, I think I think the handwriting is on the wall where NXT is going to say, hmm, maybe it's a good idea for us to move to a Tuesday night, uh, which is nothing but egg on WWE's face because they chose to make this war happen when after AEW announced Wednesday night was going to be their dynamite night. NXT, uh, Vince says, well, we're going to put NXT on uh, Wednesday night, too. So how right. do you like NXT that? NXT wasn't even on broadcast television until yep. Dynamite got announced. It was just on the network, and uh, now and then it moved up. And it even got the head start on, a- on AEW as far as broadcast television. So I think they're going to move to Tuesdays. And I talked about this with John uh, uh, as well. Let me get your opinion on it. NXT has talked, I mean, sorry, AEW has talked about having a second televised show, or they're going to, and that process uh, that happened has probably been pushed back due to a lot of COVID reasons, 
But should NXT, or should AEW say, all right, we're going to come after you this time. If you move to Tuesday night, we'll put a show up against you and see how you like it. Well, in a lot of ways, they kind of already have programming. It's not on television, but you already have Dark yeah, that's on Tuesday. That. Well, you know, I get your point, though. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, they've kind of been all about taking it to WWE. They've taken the shots, the whole sloppy shop comment by Taz and uh, the symbolic thing that Cody did with the the uh, throne and taking the sledgehammer to it. I and mean, even they, Miro just read most recently saying right. the brass ring and then Retribution referenced that this past Monday night in their speech. So, look, they're paying attention over there. You mean, you mean Bane and his cronies? We'll get to that later. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, why not? And last I heard, we were talking about that second show that AEW may have. Last I heard is that they're looking at end of the year, early next year now that they're going to launch it. And it's supposed to be something completely unlike what you get with Dynamite. So I'm really interested to see what that is. But, I mean, yeah, if you want to kind of give another, you know, a middle finger to WWE, for lack of a better way of saying that, why not put it on Tuesday? I mean, you've already got Dark, you know, on YouTube. You could air it from, you know, 7 to, to 8 on, on YouTube and then have this new show air from 8 to eight to 10 or 8 to 9. At least take a little bit of NXT's time, uh, some of their lead-in and some of their un, un uh unopposed time and, and give them a little opposition. Why not? When you say completely different, the first thing that comes to mind, and this is what I threw out last uh, time we had this conversation, was I see them do it more of a, a kid-friendly show uh, that will get into that audience a little deeper than Dynamite. I think Dynamite, kind of like what you talked about when you were watch, sitting there with your, your son, uh, watching it, maybe I shouldn't have my son in here listening to this. I think Dynamite tries to be Attitude Era WWE uh, with some of their language and uh, you know the flip, uh, giving the bird a lot on TV uh, and some of the, and, and they like to say crap in a not nice way. Yeah, and even <laughs> and even um, getting color. Uh, you know they do that on AEW a lot more than we see in WWE these days. Uh, I mean, just a regular uh, dynamite <laughs> has color from a wrestler, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that just means they bleed and you get the red color. Uh, so I just want to clarify that. But, uh, you know, it's um, uh, so I think if they're going to do something that is different, maybe a Saturday morning type show where it's going to be kid friendly. You can watch it with your kids. They kind of grow into that market, Uh, although uh, they talk about openly that their target audience is the men 18, uh, 49 years old. It's all about the demo. So why not with a second show try to try to grow some other demos, though, and, and because a lot of think about it now, it is very hard to find these AEW action figures. I have finally found two of the six, and I am still looking for the other four. Um, but that's where a lot of your revenue from merchandise comes from. Kids getting these action figures. Maybe the kid says, Daddy, buy me this T-shirt. So you've got to cultivate that uh, part of your business as well. But we will see. Uh, coming up this Saturday, uh, Sunday, I'm sorry, I'm thinking AEW pay-per-views. We have a pay-per-view, a Clash of the Champions. In, we do? Yeah, we sure do. In old WWE, I mean, an old WCW pay-per-view. It wasn't even a pay-per-view for them, right? It was just a... It was, know, it was a, their version of Saturday Night's Saturday Night's Main, Main event. event. Yep, exactly. And they had a lot of great matches. Well, WWE has taken that and made it into a uh, pay-per-view where all the titles will be on the line. Why did they I'm, get rid of the the? I'm not going to run down the. I don't know. <laughs> they couldn't fit on the uh, poster. Oh, okay. Or when you had to add the the, it's too many characters on Twitter to really tweet out what you want to mm. tweet out. Hashtag Clash of Champions. It's easier. 
I see. I see. Um, I thought they were just that's their stamp on it. Hey, we're taking the the out of there. It's ours. Um, dang it. You kind of know. I'm, we're going to go down the card in a in a moment. Um, but just looking at the card, Colwell, are you looking forward to this pay per view on Sunday? Yeah, I am. Um, and you know, there's some matches that would surprise you that I'm kind of interested in, and one being the Roman Reigns Jey Uso match. And you look at that on paper, and it's like, okay, this isn't a challenge for Roman. This isn't a good opponent. But I think the match could be great, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what a singles Uso looks like in, in a big-time match like this. I, I know it's always been hard to imagine the idea that either one of those two could really be singles guys because they're twins, so they look exactly alike. How are you going to be able to tell them apart? How are people going to know who to who to cheer for once you, if you were to split them up? I think with a, you know, a drastic different look for one or the other, with maybe like one with longer hair, one without the hair, something you could do it and find a way to make that work. But I'm very intrigued to see if it works at all with Jey Uso getting this title shot. And it's an interesting storyline. Clearly, it's not a main event match. That'll probably be the ambulance match with Randy and uh, Drew, which I've thoroughly enjoyed that feud. And I I don't mind the ambulance match there, especially when you see the rumors of why they're doing the ambulance match to protect Drew McIntyre if he were to lose the title. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's some good matches here. This just seems like kind of a stack card with a lot of title matches that there may be some that don't quite get the love that they deserve because they tried to fit every single title in the company on the card. But that ladder match, too, for the Intercontinental title, you know that's going to be a barn burner. Oh, and you, well, the participants in that, I think, are outstanding for a ladder match. Obviously, we, we've seen and know what Jeff Hardy can do, at least could do 20 years ago in a ladder match or a TLC match. I think AJ Styles is... is you know, top five wrestlers in the world, hands down. So I have no doubt. when Maybe he, top ten all time in ring. Okay, there you go. We may be. So I, I have no doubt when he gets into a match. And Sami Zayn is a great worker as well, a little underappreciated in my opinion. Very much so. And he's been gone for a, a very ch- big chunk of time due to COVID. So, um, But I think he can come out, and I think the three of them can put on uh, a really good match as well. I'm looking forward to the Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton match as well. Um, I think that's going to be good. Now, I thought um, Keith Lee was going to be a part of that, right? But he's not. Well, they did read the storyline where he was, if he beat Drew McIntyre in a match, he would get a title shot if, another caveat, if Randy Orton couldn't compete. But Randy Orton's healthy and good to go, apparently. So, And then you apparently wrote off Keith Lee with the punt on Monday night. So... Cue the burial of Keith Lee. Yeah, it's another. It's a. That's just a. That you know, we talked about the list of superstars that have come up or been on WWE and been squandered, uh, and have gone on to success elsewhere. That's a whole nother, which was a whole show. This is a whole nother show. WWE superstars from NXT that have come up and Vince has just completely mishandled. Uh, maybe those are one and the same. A lot of the names could cross over on the list there, but yeah. Keith Lee seems to be the latest victim. Uh, I'll just flat out say of of that of that case, um, you know, if Randy Orton ends up with the championship on Sunday night, which is what you said is kind of being alluded to, um, I'm okay with that. I, I like Randy Orton as a champion. Um, there's a lot of talk of Randy Orton and Edge potentially at WrestleMania. Um, there was talks just last week or two weeks ago, I think, uh, heavy of Drew McIntyre defending against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now, Brock, Brock Lesnar, as far as I know, is still a free agent currently. I haven't seen him having signed anything else with uh, WWE to get him to WrestleMania. Not saying that something obviously couldn't happen between now and then. It's going to happen. 
if they're in front of a crowd, it's going to happen. So you think that's what's holding him back? I think that's probably what's holding WWE back from giving him the money that he wants because, let's be honest, are down the revenue is down. You can't give him that kind of money right now. Yeah. Speaking of which, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that match. Those are two great workers. Now, I don't know if I want to see another Randy Orton and Edge match. I want to see what I've – and it's not that they put on bad matches. It's just I believe we have a limited time with Edge, and I want to see him work with as many different rest superstars as we can just to get a variety. And he's wrestled two times. Both of them have been with Randy. If we get him for a third and it's also with Randy, I just think we're squandering – opportunity there well and and you look at it too that injury didn't really help matters because we probably would have already had that third match by now it probably would have happened if not at SummerSlam sometime SummerSlam sometime maybe Survivor Series and now we're looking you know injury wise he's not going to be healthy enough until you know the start of the new year so I mean for me I I do want to see Edge in that situation where he actually is in front of a crowd so that we get to see truly see the old edge because we didn't get that at WrestleMania because we obviously had an empty arena match that it was a great match great story but you know it was obviously filmed backstage and, and probably in, in sections just like the quote-unquote greatest wrestling match of all time that they had at Backlash um, that you know obviously had multiple camera takes and I'm sure they had stop starts and stuff like that I want to see Edge as the guy that could go out there and put on that quality, awesome match in front of a live crowd with no breaks, with no stops. Let him go. We know he can still do it. It's not obviously his choice that they chose to do the weird camera angles at at Backlash. He could have just had a straight-up wrestling match, and I think fans would have loved it. But, I mean, yeah, getting to see the close of the feud with Randy wouldn't be bad, but I'm with you. I mean, we definitely got to see him get shared by other opponents. I want to see that AJ Styles match with Edge. Yes, I want to see Seth Rollins and Edge. Drew McIntyre and Edge would be great. There's so many options out there. There's so many, you know, solid talent on the roster to see Edge go up against some Dream-style matches that, you know, the fact that he came back and you put him in there with a guy that he's feuded with for years, now we've seen that. We didn't necessarily need to see it in the first place. It's just now you're in that point where, He started the rivalry. You might as well finish it. Another match I'm looking forward to on this card. and Apollo Crews and uh, Bobby Lashley? Honestly, that is the match I was going to say because... Really? Because I want this to be the last time we see them together. And if that is the case, then I'm looking forward to this match to get this over with. Um, I have grown to really like the Hurt business. I was about to say the Hurt Locker. They are great. But I enjoy the Hurt business. I think they're a good faction. Again, a heel faction. Is doing good. MVP is a great mouthpiece slash wrestler when needed for them. Uh, Shelton Benjamin and uh, Cedric Alexander are doing are are good additional pieces on the sides with pushing the main star of that faction, Bobby Lashley. I think they can be good. I'm just ready to move on from Apollo Cruz being the guy they have to wrestle every time they go out to wrestle. Uh, so if that is the case, this is finally the last time. I am looking forward to that match and seeing what the Hurt Business does next. Does that make sense? I I mean, uh, from that perspective, you know what? I'll give you that. Otherwise, i got no interest in that. Just like I also, the only other match on this card that I could care less about, I've seen enough of Garza and Andrade going up against Against the the Street street Profits. Profits. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, that match right there is only occurring because they wanted to have every title defended at this pay-per-view. Well, that's the point of the pay-per-view, but they didn't have to use Andrade and Garza again. They could have had someone else step in. Honestly, I think the plan 
going in, if Ray doesn't get hurt, probably was for Ray and Dominic to team up for the tag titles. Because you saw Dominic team up with Humberto Carrillo on Monday to get a be in that triple threat match to determine who was going to get the title shot. I think maybe in their minds they thought father-son duo, that would be a cool storyline, a cool match for the pay-per-view. They might have even won the titles, but... We obviously didn't get that. You could have put anybody up against there other than Andrade and especially if Garza. you're just going to keep the if you're going to keep the titles on the Street Profits. What's it matter really who they wrestle? Very true. Unless you're switching the titles, and I don't think that's going to be the case, um, or maybe it is, but uh, we'll see. Uh, you, you know, talking about getting titles, kind of like Bobby and Apollo, and even the Street Profits and uh, Andrade and Garza, Seth Rollins and and the Mysterio family. I'm ready for that to be at an end. Are we on week? Are we on month uh, six of them feuding? Because it sure does seem like it. Uh, what? And now we're going to get uh, Ray's daughter wanting to hook up with Buddy Murphy, uh, and, and it's just going to continue and continue. Good for and Buddy continue. Murphy. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> but it's just like let's let's do something new. Uh, Buddy Murphy date used to date Alexa Bliss. Yeah, so you know. I mean, careful how I say this, but that, that might be a step down actually. Uh, from Alexa to yes, yeah, I agree. No uh, offense, Ray. Please, no, don't. no, no offense at all. But Alexa's pretty cream of the crop. Um, you know, I'm just ready for some of these storylines to end, and I don't know if it's because COVID and maybe they they don't feel their roster is as big to mix in the pieces that they need. I disagree with that. Um, and just even with the players that we have seen regularly on TV, just mix them up. Uh, that's uh, that's another reason why I feel like right now I don't need to tune in to see Raw live and watch every moment because I know what I'm going to see. I'm going to see Seth for some reason battle with the Mysterios. I'm going to see uh, you know uh, the Hurt Business and Apollo Crews for some reason. Yeah. I'm going to see these matches that I've already seen 800 times. And speaking of how bad the Seth and Ray storyline is, why do you go back to the Eddie Guerrero, Dominic's not Ray's son storyline Well, again? now it looks like they're going to put that on the daughter, though, right? Right. It looks like they're turning it in some way, shape, or form, but yeah. why? Why? We've done this before. Why? Even Seth kept saying it. I know you've done this before, but I'm going to say it again. Nobody was dumb back 15 years ago. Why are we doing it again? All right. When we return, we're going to talk about one of the podcasts that Chris and I listen to. And something that was said on that podcast uh, two or three weeks ago, but I just listened to it this week. Uh, So you're listening to The Finishing Move, and when we return, we'll go home. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to The Finishing Move. I'm Road Dog Adam Gillespie with my tag team partner tonight, Chris Cole. We appreciate you tuning in each and every Thursday here at 7 o'clock to catch an hour of wrestling talk with usually the three of us, but it's only two tonight. And Chad, as always, we appreciate you uh, tweeting us, which you can do for me at Road Dog 680. Chris is at Bearded Colwell. Hey, you got it right. And John uh, is at John Rad 450 I want to get a couple uh, quick opinions from you real quick. Um, we've been talking, and we're going to talk about this all night long, so let's talk about it very quickly. Uh, retribution, what you know from them so far, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down. I, I'm giving them a thumbs down. I'm not. I think there's potential there, uh, but it does not look like they're going to reach that potential. Honestly, they had a, I had a thumb slightly up before Monday night. And then 
Bane came out on Raw along with T-Bar and Skullface and whatever their other names are, Torkrench. I mean, <laughs> they went from, okay, these guys are really, they have a, you know, kind of a mystique about them. Uh, they're wrecking the show. They're, you know, let's find out who these guys are to, oh, now we know who each of these guys are just without you revealing it. They just happen to kind of show more face and a promo. So everybody guessed at that point. So I guess they decided let's just take it and run with it. Okay, people know who they are. Let's just give them different, scary, cool-looking masks that obviously they went to like a set shop somewhere that where they were selling like old movie set stuff. Wait, Halloween and, spirits are probably open now. That, I mean, we're getting yeah, close enough to Halloween. I think they bought them out. <laughs> I mean, but, um, you know, it's it's a it's. And then it's like if you hey if you want if you're an independent wrestler and you want to get signed by the WWE apparently you should just go and disrupt all their television prog- uh, broadcast and destroy their property because that's apparently what you happens when that we just signed you. I mean yeah even though you were technically and already ruin your career but even though we all know who they are now and they're obviously not really making any bones about that they all are under WWE contract in NXT. So. so thumbs down for me slightly. What are you? Thumbs down. Oh, I'm definitely a thumbs down now. Okay, thumbs down now for you. Uh, let me ask you this one. How about Raw Underground? Maybe something you weren't so hot on to begin with. Has it grown on you or is it still a, eh, why are we doing this for you? I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. I'm still kind of in the middle, but probably, I don't know. I, I like it's a different change of pace for the last hour of Raw, at I least. Agree. It at least gives you that. But I think the purpose of it got ruined on Monday because in the idea to create some stars out of it, and you were trying to create a star out of this, uh, what was it, Dabba, whatever his name Dabicado is? Dabacado. yeah. And you proceed Dabby to Dabby have Dabby him Dabby. completely obliterated by Braun Strowman. Braun. Yeah. So you squashed him. That's over. And plus What's you brought him into the ring, too, which I think lost a little bit of the mystique of him being a raw underground guy and understand at some point he was going to make his way to the main ring. Um, but I think they did that a little early. But if they were going to squash him, which they kind of did with Braun anyways. But I'm giving it a thumbs up. I was a little hesitant at first. I wanted to see where they were going with it. Uh, and like you said, it's a little bit of a change of a pace. We're going to hopefully get some more superstars created out of that or help in, uh, increase pushes for other superstars, uh, which we've seen them dabble with a little bit so far with like the Viking Raiders and um, Dolph, who I don't think really needs a push, but he uh, he's a pretty big... It gives him something to do. And like you just said, he's kind of seen as that pretty boy kind of character this gives him a little bit of grit and showcases his actual his wrestling uh, amateur wrestling right exactly he was a uh champion and i believe yeah kent uh, state yeah at kent state um so this is what i want to ask you about uh uh, something to wrestle i believe it was something to wrestle with uh for SummerSlam 1990 uh conrad and bruce pritchard who are on that show and uh, co-host it together uh, Bruce Pritchard slash Brother Love, for those of you who are not familiar with it, him. Um, I love you. Exactly. Uh, they were talking, they made a very interesting comment, and they said, what makes a great worker in the ring? For you, real quick, because I know we're running out of time, when you think worker in the ring, what is your definition? I think of somebody who can, who sells well, um, but keeps the match moving and tells a great story. Yeah, that, I think that's what we've all grown up to think, like a Ric Flair or a uh, Steamboat. Uh, Bret Hart was a great in-ring worker. Shawn Michaels, 
some that people say aren't are more like Hulk Hogan. Uh, I guess you could put Austin in that category. Of That's not the a thing, though, Steve. Technical wrestler. Stone Cold Steve Austin in WWF, no, but that was by design with his neck. Before that, stunning Steve Austin in WCW was a great worker. But what Bruce Pritchard uh, made the point to say was a great worker is somebody who puts butts in the seats, a la Tony Schiavone. Uh, you know, it's somebody who sells tickets and makes you want to buy a ticket. Whether they get into the ring and they have the technical skills of a Ric Flair or a Bret Hart uh, does not make you a great worker. Uh, so that would put some people like Hogan and Austin and The Rock, uh, who may have had limited movesets, or even The Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, who had limited movesets. If you bought a ticket to go see them, in Bruce Pritchard's definition, that makes them a great worker. I think saying singling out the Rock as a great worker is actually a very good, very good way to go with it. Because, I mean, is there anybody that really sold as well as the Rock? He made everybody's moves look very effective because of his athleticism. And to me, that that right there is when you're talking about that gets people in the seats from the storyline perspective of what you're selling. People want to see because they want to see if you're going to, you know, if you're the baby face in the rock, you're the people's champion. People want to see whether you're going to survive this latest onslaught from whoever did the big show or Undertaker, whoever. I mean, yeah, that does put people in the seats, but ultimately it's who can put on the best show once they get out there and do that at the same time. It kind of goes... Hand in hand. Putting on the best show can also be what Hulk Hogan used to do as compared to what Ric Flair or Bret Hart do. Or who would you say is the worker of the WWE now? Um, AJ Styles. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he definitely would. Or Dolph Ziggler, one or the other. That's who was coming to my mind. Um, But AJ obviously has a little more notoriety. Uh, He's top ten in the world. According to you, all yeah. time, right? Yeah, I would say so. In yeah. in ring, AJ Styles, absolutely. I would think like all time WWF would be Shawn Michaels. I think he's the best worker. I mean, obviously he drew money and he told the best in ring story that I've ever seen anybody do. Even now, do just, even Ric Flair. Well, that's what I was going to ask. You just say that because you don't consider Ric Flair WWE. Do you consider him more WCW when you think of Ric Flair or in even NWA? Mm, yeah, I mean, I do, but I think even if they were, I would put them side by side. I would say that Shawn Michaels tells the best story I've ever seen, period. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, NWA, WCW, doesn't matter. I think Shawn Michaels is the best storyteller the wrestling business has ever seen. All right. And, and just in what I've seen. Hot takes. Hot takes coming from Chris Colwell. I mean, I guess if you want to call it a hot take. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not a Shawn Michaels I, fan. You're not a Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah. Like, overall. Yeah, I, I just... I huh. I figured I you would have argued more then. Another if you show didn't like for him. another day. Well, oh, hey, okay. that's your opinion. There you go. Maybe we should argue Shawn Michaels or Hulk Hogan. Who's the best? Oh, Hulk Hogan's. No. <laughs> no, because when people do their Mount Rushmore's, you consistently hear Hulk Hogan. Right, right. You rarely, in my opinion, hear Shawn Michaels. No, you don't hear Shawn Michaels because most times when people say Mount Rushmore, you're talking... You know, draws. You're talking about the biggest icons. I'm not saying Shawn Michaels is one of the biggest icons in the history of WWF, and I wouldn't put him on my WWF Mount Rushmore, but from an in-ring perspective, I don't think anybody told a better story. You're listening to The Finishing Move. <laughs> we'll be back next Thursday to pick this up. I don't know if I'll be here. I don't think I am. But John and Have Chris I offended you that much? <laughs> I refuse to come back next week. Okay. Uh, you're listening to The Finishing Move. We'll be back next Thursday here at 7 o'clock on Extra 106.3. Have a great night, everybody. Love you, Madison.